0: Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we will be discussing season two, episode 13, the finale of season two, titled Funhouse. This episode aired April 9th, 2000, and it was written by David Chase and Todd A. Kessler, and it was directed by John Patterson. Here is HBO's synopsis for the season two finale. In the season two finale, Tony has a series of fever dreams. That helped to shed light on some of his problems, particularly his troubles over Big Pussy. And yes, we uh, we get another really solid finale here. Yeah. Yeah, really good.
1: I love talking finales. Here we are again. And yeah. this episode is tremendous. It just kind of takes the show into a whole new realm of awesome. hmm And, I mean, what can you say? Like, I love how it ends. I mean... We're going to be talking for a while before we get there. We are, yeah. There's but, a lot to get through. Yeah, it's like one of the finest conclusions to any Sopranos episode, in my opinion.
0: Wow. Well, let's uh, let's dig into it. Opening scene, we're at Livia's house. And what to do with Livia? Because yeah. Janice had been playing a very nice role for Tony, whether he wants to accept it or not. But she took on the burden that is Livia for right. her own gains. But, you know, did so in a way that, you know, got got Tony to just move on and forget about mm-hmm. her. But now, well, Janice is gone and Barbara and Tony have to decide what they're going to do with Livia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what I love is how this scene, how this episode opens, just that push in on Tony. And he's just so exasperated. And it's like, wow, he's fully back in it, mm-hmm. listening to Livia he has to argue with her. They're going back and forth. It's kind of like weirdly sweet in a way. I don't know if that's right. the right word, but it's kind of like Tony has submitted after mm. all of the, you know, she's dead to me. All of the she tried to have me killed. Right. <laughs> I could never speak to her again. It's finally sort of passed you yeah. know, it's, it's, like, in the past for him now. And, like, he's sort of just back to being her son.
0: Well, he he has to deal with it. Because yeah. it's a huge problem yeah. now. And, of course, Livia is going to her old standards of eat the Parmesan. Do you mm-hmm. want the eggplant? Have right. some eggplant. And everything that she does is riling Tony up. And, like you said, starts off really great. Mm-hmm. The scenes scene ends really great. They just have a really great way you know, the last two episodes had really good starts to them, Mm -hmm. just high energy, a lot of fun. Um, Barbara in this scene, she's actually not really sure what everybody's talking about, which I find a little interesting because I did feel like when she was sitting and talking to Janice earlier in, I think, episode one or two, it seemed like Barbara had a bit of an understanding because she said, you know, after what mom did to Tony... But now she seems to think, like, what is this collusion with Junior she's talking about? So maybe she doesn't actually have a as clear a picture as people on the inside would know.
1: Yeah, I think that the unspoken thing with Barb is that she's just washed her hands of the whole thing. So right. she knows what her—she knows the family that she comes from, and she
0: got out early and stayed out mm-hmm. and will stay out. Yeah. Now, Tony does deal with Livia in a certain way in this opening scene. Right. He takes out two of those airline tickets he got from the Scatino bust out and just gives them to her really without thinking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's just so fed up. He just wants to shut her up. He just wants to get rid of her. No, Literally, he's like, I'm going to put you on a plane. Right. So you can be hundreds of miles away
0: from me. (laughs) Yeah. And... That kind of leads into this new business venture that they're working on, this telecommunication calling card uh, scam, which leads into the next scene with Tony and Pussy, that they're dealing with this new business partner, and things are good. Things are happy. We get a very nice little slow montage of Tony and Pussy enjoying life. Things are going well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're earning.
0: Yeah. Making some dough. And this then uh, goes straight into Vesuvio where they meet up with Sil and Furio.
1: Right. And in this scene, we get a bit of a breakdown of the scheme of the scam. Right. Scamming the immigrants.
0: And this is kind of there's a bit of a callback here because as Pussy is describing the whole thing to Furio, Tony gets that moment of doubt. And hesitation from Pussy. He, do, he is just not sure still. There is just this feeling, this lingering feeling, the same that he had at that barbecue. We got that moment where he just kind of paused. He was out of body almost, just staring at Pussy and trying mm-hmm. to really figure him out. And we get that same thing here.
1: You're absolutely right. And I like that little touch of doubt that we see register very clearly clearly on tony's face mm-hmm. uh, because his mind is already starting to do the job that the
0: indian food <laughs> will finish in a sense or you well know, either the indian yeah. food or the nice plate of mussels that right. already brings out next yeah. yeah yeah
1: exactly so i mean but With what happens with Tony in this episode and the kind of um, internal journey that he goes on, it really doesn't come out of nowhere. We see that there's something weighing on his mind pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. And he and Pussy seem to be on good terms. Pussy seems to be in a good mood. Uh, But yeah, something is just not quite right. I mean, maybe because Richie has been vanquished. You know tony mm. can now turn his attention to what was bothering him before richie arrived and was causing so many problems oh,
0: that's a good point yeah and then uh
1: oh prince Rogue. <laughs> right i love the,
0: that we really need to get somebody to track all of the nicknames that mm-hmm. tony gives to arty yeah some of them are just too good
1: well, i don't know if we brought this up before but it is just a really hilarious running gag that Tony laughs at um, Artie for being bald when Tony
0: himself is bald. And he also points fun at Bobby for being fat when he himself (laughs) is a little overweight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least he actually does a little self deprecation to himself Mm -hmm. about his weight. He he at least knows. And that actually happens later on in the episode too. That's right. He does point that out. And then uh, we get a new character actually, presents himself in this scene. Patsy Parisi. That's right. Yeah. Brother Philly died earlier in the season. Yeah, well, he died in the premiere. I think he was our first death of season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, got his head blown off. I got to tell you, when I first watched this, Mm-hmm. I did not know. I, I was not paying enough attention to know they were twins. I was like, wait a second. I thought that guy died. Oh, right. Why is he playing another character? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, he had a twin. That's funny. Yeah. No, like, can you imagine being the actor, though? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, thank God he has a twin. Well, yeah. I'm, and he and he's dead. Well, I get to play the the guy who's still alive, the brother that's still alive.
1: Right, yeah, no, it worked out great. I mean, I think that the backstory on that was that they just liked that actor a lot, and so they didn't want to, like, get rid of him. He is good. Yeah, he is good. good.
0: And he's our second, like, twin of the season, right? Yeah. Because we had Jeannie Cusimano right. and her sister. And you can already see, I already noticed some differences that he's playing as, the, as Patsy overfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, Patsy just seems kind of like a... Because he walks in with this suit, well, yeah, turns out to be a fur coat, right? That he shouldn't be in Vesuvio for, and he seems like he might be a little bit of a klutz,
1: yeah, sure, not
0: understanding what to do. But it's uh, it's good to always just have little introductions, new right. characters sprinkled in. Oh yeah, I love know? it. And so we do move on to Carmelo receiving this fur coat, and I just liked how kind of real this moment is of a husband giving a wife a fur coat in a very playful, joking way.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because I saw this scene as, uh, I guess I looked at it through a bit of a darker lens Hmm. and that it really illustrated, oh, this is the transaction that is sort of the foundation of this relationship, Ah. which is Tony... Does bad things. Carmella knows that he does bad things. But at the end of the day, he brings her the gifts. She reaps
0: the... Yeah,
1: Yeah, that keeps her happy. You know, he gives her things. She gets to be rich. And at the end of the day, that's what she wants.
0: I mean, in any given scene, she is wearing at least 15 pieces of jewelry. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so the fur coat is a lovely addition. And she does, as Tony says, look gorgeous. She looks great. Yeah. But, and that's the
1: thing, you know, a dimension to Carmela that I really, really enjoy is that for all of her moral high ground at the end of the day, she still loves the furs. Mm -hmm. She loves the rings. She loves the jewelry. Yeah. Uh, All of that is important to her. Yeah. And uh, the lifestyle is what keeps her in this relationship. She does love Tony. I mean, she absolutely does love him, but it's the lifestyle too. That is, you know, Mhm. What in her mind keeps her putting up with with so much of the uh so many of the very big problems yeah.
0: <laughs> with this man to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get our first fever dream. Yeah. So I want to say that, you know, say what we, what you will about right. the use of dreams. The Sopranos has already done it. They're going to do it again. Yeah. They're doing it right now in a heavy way to reveal some very deep information uh, that uh, otherwise wouldn't be presented to Tony. Mm -hmm. But they do dreams really well. Yeah. It feels like somebody's dream. Sure. Like it being described to you. Okay. All of a sudden I'm on, you know, I'm on the boardwalk Asbury park, but it's snowing and no one's around except everybody's there. Yeah. Christopher's there. Sills there. Hesh is there, Polly's there. Patsy, oh wait, no. It's actually Philly is there. Right. And Big Pussy is there just staring off not saying anything. Yeah. But as, as they go through like the sequences here and then Tony is he has cancer. So he's got to he's going to take himself out of the picture mm-hmm. to spare everybody. I mean it really feels like a dream feels right. like that that somebody could be describing that to you and be like wow that's a crazy dream.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah just the way that it feels. Um mm-hmm. and the filmmaking techniques that they employ with the kind of odd camera angles and the very conspicuous use of um sound effects, you know, the just the creaking wood, yeah. wood of the boardwalk and everything like that. And uh the symbolism in the dream which is leading Tony to, you know, the truth that he's going to finally acknowledge a truth that he's really known from the beginning of this season. And he just hasn't allowed himself to say it. So like one thing that I think is cool, you know, about this first dream installment is the fact that, you know, Tony has this issue in the dream, right? That he's dying. And Mm -hmm. he knows that his, you know, moment of reckoning is coming. And the question is, like, do I just get it over with right now? Hmm. Or do I continue to postpone and ignore what's going on with me? Do I let things just sort of run their course? And do I die later? Or do I die right now? You know? Yeah. Um, So I think that that's, there's a metaphor in that, clearly. You know, it will become clear
0: what that metaphor is. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed the detail in this moment here, but when... Tony walks past the guys, or he's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Douses himself in gasoline. Mm-hmm. We actually see uh, Gigi, who shot Philly, mm-hmm. shining his shoes there.
1: So yeah, that was such an
0: an interesting detail to throw in there.
1: Absolutely, and you know the the detail too of the fact that Philly is present, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and Tony says, "Oh, sorry, I had to do that." Right. Well, Philly was someone that Tony probably considered a friend. And Mm -hmm. then Tony realized, I've got to kill this guy. And so he ordered his death.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then he wakes up. Right. And I, (laughs) I know that you had promised our listeners to wait for it and anticipate some more lovely sound effects. I'm glad you remembered. Yeah. And I assume it starts right here. Oh, yeah where Tony runs to the bathroom. He throws up. It, it turns out he's, he's dealing with these fever dreams because he got food poisoning. Uh, and then there's just this great string that starts with him saying,
1: Fucking motherfucking wugs. Mom, what's going on? Your father is sick. Oh
0: my God, daddy. What happened? I went to an Indian restaurant. That is so racist.
1: Who's letting those big ones?
0: It better be coke left in that fridge, is all I can say. Yeah. Ending right on that nice little bump.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not above a good fart joke on The Sopranos. No, maybe the most
0: you know sophisticated TV drama of all time. Oh, but my they're God. not above a good fart joke. Oh, and it doesn't end there, though. Yeah, which is just amazing. Like they they really commit to it in this episode, they and don't. that that whole sequence there is just really funny because it it's got everybody in their in their role acting it out Meadow being mm-hmm. the PC teenager AJ just concentrating on the farts Tony being making racist slurs it's all just so well packaged yeah right it's bold all yeah, of it, it yeah really is, no yeah.
1: thoroughly and you really get to see uh this was the first time i really thought about this you know <sighs> god like gandolfini's genius you know is really at work because he's so funny like his (laughs) comedic timing with you know the farts which are obviously sound effects but still his comedic timing just playing this kind of sick (laughs) ridiculous version of tony yeah it still really works and it's still really funny so you know just as um good as he can be with the drama which is what most of the job of playing tony soprano is like mm-hmm. these rare moments when he can go steer like fully in the other direction and just yeah. be like purely a figure of comedy
0: yeah like it works just as well i mean it's really well, amazing I'm, sh- I'm sure he would give credit to yeah. the writing yeah it, which does just set it up real nicely mm-hmm. for him to play such a fun part yeah in this episode yeah you know
1: it's funny we've referenced um the big lebowski a few times you know and it just kind of reminds me a little bit of how jeff bridges you know he's so funny in that movie Mm -hmm. and yet most of his films are like very dramatic Mm -hmm. and so i just love you know when actors have that quality and you know there's A few, like, really classic actors that we can point to. De Niro's another one. You know, there's so many, I guess. But it kind of reminds me of, like, the, you know, the classic sort of, like, two masks of, you know, tragedy and, like, comedy. Right. And it's cool to see those actors that can put, you know, both on with, like, equal skill level. And Gandolfini is one of
0: those guys. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we get a scene from Big Pussy meeting up with Skip. Yeah. And he gives him... The tape, which we haven't seen yet. We really haven't seen Pussy hand over actual hard evidence like this to Skip. Gives him one of the tapes that he recorded. Gives him his cut that he got from this big deal. Skip gives him 200 bucks. Yeah. That's nice. Right. Well, what I
1: like is the detail of... uh. Well, you know, it's it, it's kind of like the significant thing of the scene, which is that, I, you know, it's dawning on Pussy that whatever comes after this you know whatever comes after the mob life is going to be a lot less lucrative than the mob life like that's finally like yeah (laughs) it's finally like sinking in he's like really bummed out and so then you get like a really funny little bit from skip in which he's like hey you know chin up you know like i i basically ran a rat and like you know after he was done being a rat he went to florida and became like (laughs) a commissioner of like something like just something stupid right but uh you know that's skip's attempt to reassure pussy pussy's not quite reassured at this point he's graduated beyond Mm -hmm. feeling bad about betraying tony and it's just kind of like shit i had it pretty good yeah i'm about to have it not as good
0: yeah and I'm not sure if this is the case, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just delete this if this is wrong. But I think that Pussy actually says,
1: "President Franklin is my best friend, and he's in there."
0: Yeah, referencing President Benjamin. <laughs> 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 it is like that detail there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But Pussy is gen- gen- in in general, he's not happy with either side mm-hmm. right now. His situation is not is not looking good for his future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get Tony going, uh, getting sick, going back to bed or back mm-hmm. on the boardwalk. Yeah. Back on the boardwalk. Creaking and all, um, yeah. get a little junior peeking out of a window. Right. But now we get to see like kind of, I guess the fun house sort of aspect right. of this episode where the title comes from, because yeah. I mean, literally he is on the boardwalk of Asbury yeah. Park where they're would be a fun house yes so that's the literal representation of it but his fever dreams definitely become somewhat of a a fun house yeah of sorts and i like how you know it doesn't really bother me the fact that they completely
1: abandon plausibility in this episode (laughs) the fact that every time he passes
0: out he returns the same dream yeah well i mean you've ever had food poisoning before i have you've never had fever dreams no before they can be pretty intense they can cause yeah. i mean they can they can give you a sense of hallucination sure yeah so i mean it's not it's not unreasonable yeah for him to be dreaming similar things especially yeah, if to it's return something, to the same location right especially yeah. if it's something that's close to maybe his childhood or something like that i can imagine that the sopranos went down to asbury park in the summer mm-hmm. a lot and that's just you know a good reference for his brain yeah to played pick some a- ski ball right to yeah. pick apart all of this yeah
1: yeah no i get it yeah no it's cool and i i do enjoy these scenes a lot uh so what happens here that's
0: pretty important right he's mm-hmm. playing cards with Polly, right so he does get to the point where he's playing cards with Polly. yeah and he he's well he's viewing the card playing yeah um from the deck of the the boardwalk in the surreal dreamlike
1: way, yeah yeah, he's viewing the card playing and then recognizes the two people playing cards. Tony is looking at himself mm-hmm. and Polly right, and then he pulls out a gun and shoots Polly right. so the uh, point of these dreams you know becoming a little bit more clear, uh, mm-hmm. we saw Philly in the last dream, you know, who you know Tony had ordered his murder, as I said. And then uh, here, Tony's shooting a friend. Yeah. So another symbolic death of a friend now bef- at Tony's hand. But before
0: that, yeah. we get Syl on a little walkway, uh, just rolling up along right. Tony. And he says that, you know, classic line from Syl.
1: Our true enemy has yet to reveal himself.
0: Right. Which, which is, again, a reference to, I yeah. think, episode one, at least yeah. when Pussy came back yeah there was that there was that subtle reference right he makes right. that
1: he makes that uh quote and that's Pacino in uh Godfather three I think mm-hmm. I think that yeah. must be it must be because I don't remember it in one or two, and those are the ones that I've watched the most no. as uh, you know <laughs> everybody. as is true of everybody <laughs> yeah. in the world uh so yeah, I'm gonna assume that that one is uh from Godfather three
0: but yeah, and he thinks he's okay he's awake, but he's not. Mm-hmm. at all and he's with Melfi and he's complaining about and it feels like he's awake again and he just yeah. happens to be in Melfi's you know an appointment with Melfi and he's talking about Polly's little ticks mm-hmm. there of why he would shoot him but you know he still feels very uncomfortable with it and then Melfi turns into Annalisa yeah, yeah her uh, Italian counterpart mm-hmm. as in
1: Actual Italian. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, nice little uh, callback, you know, commendatory. And I think that this is neat. You know, of course, we're in the finale of season two, right? And so we've seen uh, Philly, a character that was introduced and then quickly dispatched. And then Mm -hmm. uh, in season two, right? Mm -hmm. And then Annalisa, another kind of one-off season two character.
0: So we're sort of going back over the whole season, you know, significant moments. And he's asking, which he did ask in a prior fever dream, where's Pussy? Mm -hmm. And he keeps asking, where's Pussy? Yeah. That's going to become important.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, and this is not the first time he's asked this question, right? I mean, it was sort of the defining... This was such a defining issue towards the end of season one, of course. You know,
0: where's Pussy? Right? That was a big question. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So here we are again.
0: All right. So we're taking a break from fever dreams and we get to the morning finally. Artie comes over next day. He's meeting up with Carmella to go over the the food menu for Meadow's graduation party. And it's just so good to hear Tony from up in the bedroom shout down.
1: Is that Artie? Hey, talk. Send him up. Tony, go to sleep. You don't even make any sense when you talk. Send him up. I know. (laughs) It's so comedic. It really is. (laughs) It's just so great. I mean, because I love how Tony can be in such a serious, dark, disturbed place in these dreams. Mm-hmm. But then when we cut back to the conscious world, the real world, he's a complete clown. It and it again, is, yeah. both sides of the coin are, just work so well. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's just so fluid the way that it alternates. It's but
0: like really cool. This next scene, this interrogation of Artie yeah. by Tony, the accusations and the disparaging of Disparaging comments about mm-hmm. Indian food. Yeah, Th- this whole thing is very funny. Right. On top of which, you know, Tony's trying to act tough, but he clearly is infirm in bed. He can't move. Yeah. There's no way he's going to be acting to already Well, defending himself, but it's just so funny because anytime you get already riled up like that, you're going to get some pretty yeah good comedy. Well, yeah,
1: John Vintamiglia, he's got amazing comedic timing as well and so he's very
0: funny in this scene you know he takes the accusation so personally well Artie is such i mean that's what's great about the show we're in the second season but Mm -hmm. every character is so well defined and we talked about how they give characters these odd quirks and the actors just kind of play with those grow them mm-hmm. and artie and john Ventimiglia's performance is is a key example of how you can really turn just a few minor details about a character into a really great character yeah no you're totally yeah. right yeah no, it was really good um but this does force <laughs> tony back into the bathroom right it's, it's more farting <laughs> so more farting yeah and uh, and then artie calls pussy So, what we get here is that him and his wife, wife, uh, Angie, still are in no good place Mm -hmm. as husband and wife. Things have not gotten better. Um, And I guess what we get here is uh, we get to know that Pussy had diarrhea. Yeah. I think that's what we learned from this moment. A touch of diarrhea. A touch, yeah. Just a touch. Yeah, but I mean, it's just so funny (laughs) that Artie...
1: Would uh even call, you know, he he wants to conduct a little investigation <laughs> yeah. right then and there while Tony's, you know, shitting and barfing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he calls Pussy just to, you know, he he wants to be vindicated, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> as he actually does say, which is a really funny line after you know Pussy says, no, I didn't really have food poison it was just a, you know, touch of diarrhea, and then Artie's like,
0: I'm sorry, Tony, but I feel vindicated.
1: <laughs> it's, it's really good. Yeah, it's tremendous. Uh, and then of course, uh yeah, I mean after that, uh Tony I believe has to be helped back. Like the scene ends with Tony's like, Okay, I, I gotta go back to the bathroom again. Right. And then, you know, Carmela uh, Carmella and Artie like each grab a shoulder and then they help him back into the bathroom. That's how we kind of close out and and, and then where,
0: we that's where he'll remain. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he's gonna be for a little bit. Yeah. And then Back we, to Livia, though. Yeah, we get Livia. Yeah. Right. So she's not out of the picture. Now, uh, I didn't mention this from the first scene, but in this scene, it's very clear, too. I don't know if you noticed this, but Nancy Marchand looks a little healthier. Okay. In this episode than right. she did in the previous one. Oh. Um, okay. And I don't know if it's just angles and yeah. lighting or whatever it might be, clothing costume whatever right she does look a little healthier here so i don't know yeah i don't know if that's just perception uh based off you know those things i just described or if maybe she was feeling better or maybe these were shot somehow before because she did have ailing health i'm not sure but there's something about it that that i felt like she was back in her form Mm -hmm. in in this episode yeah sure yeah because back in that livia form yeah because in
1: uh the knight in white satin armor she does seem a little frail
0: yeah yeah and there was a lot of adr yeah um over you know your favorite line from from last week's episode Mm -hmm. a lot of that felt like some adr thrown in there sure yeah uh but in this scene she's stopped by airport security and of course she would be stopped her name's Livia Soprano. Yeah. And she has, of course, she's going to be on any watch list of flying or going anywhere. That, that, that's just something Tony was not thinking about in the moment. That's a
1: good point. Yeah, he just slipped up there.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: And Livia has been
0: apprehended, and that's going to uh, perhaps cause some problems for her son. Perhaps. Perhaps. But in the meantime, he's still shitting and barfing his brains out. Yep. And this is a great, great opening to another dream. Mm-hmm. He's at Melfi's and he walks in with a giant hard on. Yeah, into her office. Right, which is symbolically probably what happens every time he walks in there. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Now we, um, you know, in this part, I can see why pussy is coming up so much. So she's talking about pussy a lot. You know, they're they're talking about figuratively and of the person and of the body part but artie was just on the phone with pussy so that would be a little bit of a justification of why tony would have pussy on the brain Mm -hmm. in this particular scene here oh for sure both the body part and right the man yeah yeah uh and then uh he gets it on with melfi that's
1: right. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of discussion about, you know, the mutual attraction. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that this is all obviously in Tony's mind. It is his dream. But what Melfi is saying is, I actually think, sort of true to Melfi. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that she is a little bit attracted to Tony. And, of course, this leads in the dream to uh, him, you know, slamming her down on the desk and, and ramming away.
0: Yeah. Which is only... uh,
1: what he, you know, wishes could happen, I'm sure. Yeah. Only to be interrupted
0: by fucking Bruce. God That's right. God damn it, Bruce Cusimano. <laughs> damn yeah. it. Uh, it. You know, overall, Bruce is acting like the unconcerned doctor that we've all interacted with. I mean, I don't yeah. know if you've had interactions with doctors like this, but the doctors are like, Hey there, buckaroo. Right. How you doing? Not so hot, huh? Yeah. Oh, shucks. Well, give them ice chips. What? (laughs) Cool Bruce. Right.
1: And I like also how uh
0: wait, what was that? Thanks for coming
1: by. Right. (laughs) And I like too how Bruce uh Cusumano is like wearing a suit and tie, like he's got some place to be. Right, right, right. You know,
0: so like he really I mean he looks at his watch and everything. Yeah, he's uh he's ready to leave as soon as possible. So
1: there's some good doctor humor in this little scene here. It's just
0: kinda like, yeah, the doctor who doesn't give a shit about what you're going through (laughs) i also like how he defends the indian food right you know that that's funny too yeah and then before tony re-enters his dream his fever dreams he's singing gilligan's island the the theme song from gilligan's island and i just thought where did that come from is that just james gandolfini just throwing that in there was that written in there yeah pretty randomly funny Right. Yeah. No, I
1: thought that too. Cause at first I was like, I actually had to turn on the closed caption. I was like, what is that? And then I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Gilligan.
0: Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. But yeah. Funny. Good stuff. But then we get to probably the crux of this moment for Tony the crux of the fever dreams at least where he is back on the boardwalk and stopped by a tray of fish. Right. And one starts talking to him. And one starts talking to him
1: with the voice of big pussy. And he simply says, You know, I've been working with the government, right, Tony?" Yeah. Well, so this is cool, right? Obviously, it's very unique and very strange. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that any viewer of the show could have predicted, you know, uh, I think that we all assumed, right, that Tony would eventually find out that his friend was betraying him to the feds. But what none of us could have possibly ever predicted in a trillion years is that this information would be revealed during a fever dream via a talking fish special effect with the voice of Vincent Pastor saying, I'm a rat. Now, that's great because I can only picture... The writers of this series, you know, thinking about this very incredibly significant moment in the trajectory of the series, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking, how will Tony find out? How will it be revealed? And I imagine them tying themselves in knots, you know, what's going to be that final clue that finally, you know, just breaks it all open for Tony. What will he discover? Yeah. And then they eventually just either couldn't think of anything good enough or they were just like, no, no flat out be way more interesting if his subconscious told him
0: that's a that's exactly what it is you know yeah it's his subconscious yeah and um the fish as big pussy says that you know he was passed over for promotion and that's really his justification for it not knowing that well it was really for pushing h but in tony's mind you know deep down he's like well maybe Pussy's doing it because I hurt him in some way. I insulted him by passing him over for promotion like that.
1: Right, yeah. And that is the way that Tony would think about it, Mm -hmm.
0: right? Yeah. Really good writing here, because the big pussy fish is sandwiched between two other fishes. And he says... These guys, on either side of me, they're asleep. Don't say that. It's not fucking funny. And again, a little bit of that fun house... You know, play in here, not funny to hear that kind of a, you know, basically a joke, you know, that they're sleeping with the fishes, that that's where Big Pussy will be as well.
1: Right, and he, you know, overturns the fish, Mm -hmm. he's extremely upset in the dream because finally the subconscious has told him, exactly what is
0: going on and exactly what he needs to do yeah and there's no way out of it
1: yeah you know the
0: the uh sound effect too the creaking kind of turns into like a a chattering sort of uh laughter yeah actually too as he's tipping it over right um as well so it's just like this whirlwind just build up
1: yeah and i just like how they stepped it up with each dream right so each dream was telling him the same thing You're going to need to kill a friend, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're not going to want to do it. And it's something that you could choose to ignore if you wanted to, but you really can't. Mm -hmm. You have to deal with this. Yeah. There's just no way out. And that becomes more clear and more clear with each dream installment until we get finally to, you know, Tony talking to the fish. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And so Tony has no choice. He has to act now and so they surprise big pussy at home and no time for big pussy to react because they're up in his bedroom (laughs) yeah right in his bedroom a
1: little pop in yeah and uh yeah i mean vincent pastore he's he's so wonderful throughout this episode Mm -hmm. but right away you can tell uh, us he he knows something's wrong absolutely you know
0: oh yeah yeah you can feel it yeah So the the idea here is that they got to go see about a boat. Tony's going to buy a boat. He wants all the guys to come with him Mm -hmm. to check out the boat. But this gives Tony an excuse as he leaves for the bathroom. And Syl and Pussy are downstairs to search his entire room until he finally checks last spot under a little little extra cubby in his cigar case. Yeah. And he discovers the... The recording devices. Which I always thought was interesting.
1: You know, Uh I mean, maybe this is a bit of a light criticism.
0: Okay. But well, we haven't had that. Go ahead, please. <laughs> yeah. What is your light criticism? I think this will be interesting. Uh I mean, I always thought it was
1: a little too easy. Too easy, huh? That he found the wire and the tapes.
0: But he's he's literally on the floor looking through all of his drawers. Yeah. He just came out of the closet couldn't find anything in there right and so he's resting up against the dresser yeah looks down look opens up the cigar case doesn't see anything Mm -hmm. and then he's like oh wait i know what cigar cases look like and this looks a little off to me okay
1: i mean okay sure it's just, you know, it is a secret compartment. I feel a little bad for Pussy. But, he did maybe hide it's not. the tape pretty well. Maybe
0: it's not, because I don't know mm-hmm. cigar cases. So yeah. if any listeners out there um, know this better than us, would this be maybe just a secondary level to his cigars? You have mm-hmm. some cigars on top. You have some on bottom. You wouldn't necessarily rest them sandwiched on top of each other. You'd have sort of a, a divide yeah. in between them. And yeah. so he used the divide to hide the wires instead of more cigars
1: see that's the funny thing because i always assumed that it was a perfectly normal looking cigar case No, and just the fact that tony knew like he had like the extraordinary intuition (laughs) to check to see if there was like a false bottom yeah that's the
0: thing i don't think it's a false bottom okay i think it's a just a divider between the top layer of cigars that would be there and the layer underneath Okay, cool, And so Tony's like, "Well, hold on, there's always the layer underneath, right? let me check,
1: okay, okay, well, I like that.
0: I like that, and i'm I'm trying to get this criticism out of your head.
1: No, 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 I mean, it's <laughs> not it doesn't ruin the episode. I mean, this is one oh, of my no. favorite episodes for sure, but uh, I always thought that that always sort of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. you know okay. I, I, I i I forgive get it, I forgive it, I get they it, had though. to get on with it. They needed this episode to move forward. They needed Tony to get the conclusive evidence, mm-hmm. and he does have it now, and that's
0: good. And, and Pussy is definitely concerned, and you see right? that in Vincent Pastore's face as he come as Tony comes down the stairs. It's just, yeah, he was up there for far too long. Yeah, and it's a little concerning.
1: Yeah, and Pussy knew that Tony had really bad food poisoning, and that's, of course, uh, a little clever moment from Tony mm-hmm. where he's that's how he gets both sill and pussy out of the room where he's like, Oh, I've got to like puke and shit again. Right. And then he runs in the bathroom, but it's completely fake. He's actually not sick at all. Right. And then he just starts, you know, doing a search as we said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he, he finds the, the smoking gun, the smoking uh, wire.
0: Yeah. If you will. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're on their way to the boat and we get this intercut with a small dream that Tony has of the happy family. Right. Buying a big boat. Meadow's going to the college they all wanted her to go to. Everybody's very happy. Mm -hmm. Quickly comes back to reality. Yeah. That is not the case of what's going on right now. Right. Yeah. And the little detail of Syl drinking in the day while he's driving, he's definitely feeling a little weak Yeah, over this.
1: I mean, because you have to imagine that Tony, you know, Filled Sill in on the suspicion, mm-hmm. right?
0: Oh yes. And then. Oh yeah. Well, that's why Polly meets him.
1: Yeah. At the boat, and you know it's kind of it's kind of sweet in a way, and sweet, and I'm saying sweet as in like it's cool that you know Sill was probably in suspense too. He doesn't want to go through with this. No. And you have to imagine that the conversation was, "Hey, if I come down and I say we're going to the boat, then you know what's about to happen." Yeah. And so Sill's like, "Shit, we're going to the boat." Fuck. Right. Pussy's a rat. Right. We got to kill him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's why he's drinking, you know. And he's stressed out. He's in a state of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can uh play that even out longer to when they do get to the boat and Polly's there. Polly mm-hmm. probably sees them coming up saying like, "Fuck." Yeah. We're actually getting on the boat. We got to do this. He's a fucking rat. Yeah. Yeah. Um so this is um I mean, what can you say about this ending for big pussy it is really well done yeah i, I think we just both go at this together because i i'm sure some of m- my details and ideas about it are, are similar to what you feel about it just to start with when they go below deck to get pussy to cop to his dealings with the fbi the movement of the boat is very disorientating the music he puts on little Francis Albert mm-hmm. is very opposite the mood and it really just do, does give this sense again of a fun house feeling I mean I think this right here is really just so bizarre with the music and with the movement that you're just like you're in total suspense here you're on edge and all these details visually and with the music is just heightening it yeah, to a a really, yeah, disturbing level if you're the audience watching this for the first time.
1: Right, yeah.
0: The off-kilter
1: nature of all of this business is a major theme of this episode, right? And I love tracking Vincent Pastor through this sequence of events because when he arrives at the dock, right, to get on the boat with Syl and Polly and Tony, uh, we get you know, a little bit of an emphasis on him. And he sort of looks up at the sky, sort of looks around. He's very, very wary. Mm -hmm. And I think at that moment, he knows he's fucked. But what's he going to do? Right. Run away? Yeah, right. Like, you you just get this sense of, like, resignation of he's, uh, you know, about to meet his destiny, you know, and he knows it. In a sense, Uh, he hopes that it's not true, but he knows that this is probably not going to go very well for him and that he's been found out. And, you know, the choice to once he arrives below decks, uh, when he grabs the CD and, you know, loads it and starts playing the Sinatra track, you know, that's when you can really tell that he knows because he's trying to lighten it, you know, in sort of like a weird, desperate sense.
0: Yeah. An odd distraction. Yeah. You know, he's
1: trying to like lighten the mood. Right. Because it's very foreboding, you know, Mm -hmm. foreboding on
0: the boat. Yeah. And and, yeah, deep sense of dread. Yeah. Then. And just that moment of silence between uh, after Tony asks him when they got to him is just great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tony sees it coming and and Vincent Pastor just does a great job of like having a mini freak out. Mm-hmm. right there of not knowing how to handle it and then coming to the conclusion there's no way to handle it. I'm caught.
1: Right. And I also really feel like it's very significant, you know, that uh, in my opinion, Vincent Pastore has his finest moments as an actor on this series in his final moments hmm. as an actor on this series, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just so great when, you know, he's sitting down, Tony sits down opposite him, and it's just that kind of like mono e mono. Like, Tony's staring directly into his soul, and like, pussy's staring straight back. And like, they all know, everyone on that boat knows mm-hmm. that
0: it's, you know, they've reached the end. Oh, yeah. 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 And there's just a look on James Gandolfini's face that he sees it coming. Mm-hmm. He knows what pussy's going to say next. Right. I mean, there's no way out of it. And it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. In that moment. Um, Tony asks him a few questions because they have to figure out what did he actually give the FBI. Right. right. So maybe that's the reason Tony was tipped off about Bevilacqua and not Big Pussy. Mm-hmm. But he says that's absolutely not it. And Tony yeah. seems to believe him. Right. For that. Um, you know, Webistics is brought up. That's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, except of course Polly uh selfishly sighs with a relief knowing that he wasn't part of the call- he's not part of the calling situation.
1: Oh, I'm not in that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of selfish. Right. <laughs> like that's uh that's not the biggest concern right now, Paulie. Yeah. As nice sh- little bit of comedy. Yeah. yeah. But he shuts off the music too, right? So right. now we're just we just get the sound of the sea and yeah. the boat.
1: More more creaking, not the mm-hmm. boardwalk this time, but the boat on the water. Here's something that I never thought about until watching this episode, you know, again for our podcast. It's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing with uh, you know, killing pussy at sea, right? Because I'm like how did they arrive at this method of getting rid of pussy? You know, both the characters and through the characters, the writers, you know, Mm -hmm. coming up with what the characters would do. Because I'm like, was it all of this like sea-related dreaming that Tony did that implanted the idea of getting rid of pussy this way? You know, I never really made that connection until now. Yeah. That, you know, it's about fish and, you know... pussy's talking as a fish in the dream and he's saying you know these guys either side of me they're asleep you know it's my destiny to sleep with the fishes and then literally we're getting into you know a scenario in which pussy will be sleeping with the fishes yeah right does it you know does killing pussy like on Mm -hmm. the boat emerge from that or was it simply the writers were like uh you know we got to do something different that we haven't done yet okay Killing, I, kill him on a boat. You know? No,
0: I, I feel like the they connected the dots, and the dreams were the natural, you know, right uh, catalyst for getting them on a boat.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Tony was like, "Well, I've been dreaming about the ocean and pussy as a fish. Okay, I'll kill him out in the
0: water." Yeah. Plus, it's a, a believable, yeah, story too to get pussy out of the house. Right. To get them away. I mean, I love I love how it's all connected. You know, it's really really beautiful. But back to the scene. Yeah, Sil can't stand the sound of the the banging of the buoy on the boat, so he goes above deck. Tony goes after him. Paulie and Pussy have this staring contest that that lasts for some time. Tony goes up there and asks Sil, you know, what's going on, and Sil says,
1: "This fucking swell." i got food poisoning you don't see me getting all fucked up don't yell at me i'll fucking yell at you you don't like it
0: and it's really a odd thing to hear Sill say mm-hmm. right don't yell at me mm-hmm. sounds like a, yeah. a child uh, but you can see that Sill is effectively heartbroken yeah. by this situation
1: yeah absolutely i mean i have to uh Imagine, and this was a note that I made as I was watching the episode. This is maybe like the hardest thing that these guys have ever had to do mm. in their lengthy career as gangsters. They've never That's had to kill one of their own um, that was as close to them as pussy is to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that, you know, Sil sort of in a sense regresses on the boat, right? Well, yeah. that makes sense because these guys were, you know, youths. Together, mm-hmm. um and so to you have to imagine to uh, point a gun at your you know imagine putting a gun at me and having to kill me or me having to do mm. it to you. It's like hold on, <laughs> are you, are you picturing oh, it? I'm I'm good. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Very emotional. Yeah. You know, and so that's uh that's what these guys are going through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I and I know we already pointed out James Gandolfini's performance in this episode yeah. so far. But honestly, imagine what he has been asked to do in Mm -hmm. this scene. He's playing food poisoning. He has to play that he has food poisoning, the heartbreak of killing a dear friend, fear of what might have been told to the FBI, and the rage all in one scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... And he does it so effortlessly. Right. You know. Yeah. I think this guy's a good
1: actor. Perhaps. Yeah. I, I mean, if we may conclude one thing,
0: maybe James Gandolfini uh, is a great actor. Right. And probably absolutely deserved the yeah. Emmy that he won for this season. Right. So uh, just this, it, it, it doesn't get better, this scene. It, it, it's, it's, it's not stretched out to the point where you're like, oh my God, get it over with but you definitely can see that pussy is trying to get it to that point mm-hmm. like th- the this is going on far too long maybe there's a way out of this with the story about the acupuncturist mm-hmm. which Tony doesn't believe mm-hmm. for a second and then after that that's it
1: right well one thing that i kind of want to highlight here too is that you know this is such a beautifully written scene you know mm-hmm. top to bottom obviously that's what we're saying about this scene. Right. And you know, the acting is perfect. You know, Mm -hmm. every note from every actor in the scene. Perfect. But I think what makes it truly special and unique, and it's kind of symbolized by the fact that when pussy asks for a drink, like they readily pour it for him. And then they also have drinks themselves. This scene isn't about punishment. You know, this is a goodbye scene. Yeah. Like, That's what makes it really special, in my opinion, you know, because, you know, obviously let's, let's take, for example, the, uh, Aqua hit. Now that was a scene in which they wanted him to suffer. They wanted to torture him a little bit. They wanted to punish him. Mm -hmm. They wanted him to die in fear, you know, with this, they're not trying to do that to pussy. Like. They know that they have to kill him. He knows that they have to kill him.
0: But they're going to be, you know, in a way as gentle about it as they possibly can. That's really interesting that you say that because as he gets to the point where he starts realizing he is going to die, he's, the fear starts sinking in, and that is the exact moment that they choose mm-hmm. to end this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he says, like, <laughs> I got to sit down. I feel like I can't stand. Is that okay, Tony? Did I sit? And then that's when I think if Pussy is allowed to sit down, then it's too pitiful. You know, he he wants to shoot him when he's standing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So, yeah, yeah, that scene wraps up, you know, with uh, a really kind of monumental moment for this series. You know, we haven't had uh, a character
0: of significance like this get whacked. I mean, and, what what TV yeah. show has had right a character of this significance, you know, back in 2000 exit right in such a manner. Yeah. yeah. A very significant character.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I like how we stay too, you know, with just the the remainder of the process this kind of solemn sort of you know, they just have to sort of be, you know, kind of grimly get on with it you know tony just kind of mm-hmm. coldly says get the weights you know now it's just like this is just business let's just get it over with
0: yeah get exactly. him in the bag pick up the pieces yeah
1: move on load it up and then that just that shot of them you know kind of dumping him uh it's it's great it's it's all perfect um yeah. and that's the end of that the end of uh vincent pastor's big pussy on
0: the sopranos That yeah, is. it is but there's still a lot of episode left. There is still a lot of episode left. Uh, the next scene, uh, Tony is back at home, uh, you know, trying to take care of himself. Obviously, he's torn up about what occurred. Uh, and Livia calls the house. She's stuck in security and has been stuck in security all day because the tickets were stolen. And this is actually something that Skip mentioned to Pussy in a couple episodes before, where he gives Skip one of the stolen tickets. The thing is, is that it has to be tied to Tony. And just giving him the ticket is not really going to tie him because Tony's too smart. Well, he screwed up this time Mm -hmm. because he gave it to Livia, who would obviously be, you know, questioned or a red flag would come up when her name was processed at an airport. And nice little detail here, when Carmela hands the phone over to Tony, she says... The
1: phone never stops.
0: You know, this fun house thing is just going to keep going and going for you. Like, mm-hmm. this episode is not over. Mm-hmm. Shit's still not over. That's a good tie in. Yeah, the fun never stops. Yeah, yeah. and, and liter- literally, the FBI are already at her door. At right. their door. <laughs> right. They're already there. Yeah. This is, <laughs> Livia's a little bit too late. Right. <laughs> with the news.
1: Yeah uh and it's it's great because i mean <laughs> you have to imagine after what tony just did uh i assume that morning right uh for the feds to show up about something completely unrelated and like a billion times less serious it, i mean it's just got to be so ironic right you know
0: yeah and you can see Frank, he mm-hmm. really loves his job. Yeah. Like, when the job's going well, he loves the job.
1: Yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, he, he, uh, as they say, you know, he's got a heart on for mm-hmm. Tony. You know, he really yep. wants to bust him. Agent Harris, of course. I mean, it's so funny. I didn't even think about this until, like, this very moment that they, the last time, you know, all these men had a confrontation, it was the finale of season one. Mm-hmm. So here we are, like, exactly a year later, you know, here they are meeting up again. Yeah. You know, nabbing Tony. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they haul him off. But of course, we get, you know, a great moment. Uh, you know, Tony's nightmare and Meadow's nightmare. <laughs> Meadow walking in with all of her friends, you know, after a fun night, and there's her dad in cuffs getting let off by the feds. I mean, yeah. It can't feel very great. It's a little bit of an
0: awkward moment. It is. And at the station, Tony lets Frank know, you know,
1: I gotta tell you, Frank. I forget about any deli trays coming your way in the future i like She's that great. a lot yeah. yeah i mean i like how uh tony acts you know when the feds got him you know it's like he's never gonna even betray for a second the fact that he might be concerned right you know it's oh, he yeah. had he he
0: like performs big yeah. when the feds got him now i really like this Carmela meadow scene yeah because i this is actually a moment where i applaud meadow Mm-hmm. I, I applaud this oh, this development this is a first. in her character. Yeah. I know. Well, she opens up about her feelings about her dad. Right. And she basically says, look, I know who he is. If my friends can't deal, fuck my friends. And I think, bravo. Mm-hmm. Yes, finally. Somebody who's showing like uh, family commitment and yeah. courage right. against hard times. That's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, to see... Uh, You know, Meadow, she's a year older. She's, you know, full on adolescent. You know, she's kind of like a preteen season one. But, you know, we get the sense that she is getting older, Mm -hmm. you know, getting more mature. Her backbone is solidifying her attitude about who her dad is and her family. You know, it's solidifying. She is taking a position and it's, you know, symbolized in this scene. Okay. So now we get into a good scene of Tony talking to his lawyer. Mm hmm. Uh, Neil. I I love Neil. I love any time Neil and Tony are, you know, planning and plotting. Yeah. Uh, And basically Tony, it feels like Tony ever talks to, the only time Tony ever talks to his lawyer
0: is when he's like frightened. Right? You know? Yeah. It's an extension of Melfi. Yeah. Almost. Where we actually get to see the stuff that he's not Mm -hmm. willing to say to Melfi, Mm -hmm. he'll say to his lawyer. Now, where are they talking Right now, uh, you
1: know, I was hoping you would have the answer to that question. I'm not really clear on who the hell they are. I
0: honestly feel like they're in a spare room. Yeah, at the FBI headquarters. Right.
1: I feel like that's what it would have to be, especially talking because of what happens
0: directly after this scene. Right, which kind of deepened my confusion a little bit. Talking a bit openly, sure. Which I would think though is admissible in court because mm-hmm. it's client pay, client uh, privilege or right, you know, lawyer client. Privilege.
1: yeah it's not like the fbi can say like oh well we have these tapes that we right. you know when we secretly recorded tony Soprano, yeah when he was in our custody I with mean, his that's lawyer like, talking to his lawyer clearly super illegal so yeah. i guess they know that they don't really have to worry about it
0: yeah um yeah. you know tony's obviously pissed and his rant mm-hmm. on his mother right you know his classic first season tony yeah you know and she's there she is causing problems again yeah which you know, we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have this moment in the storyline if they had actually killed Livia off, which was kind of the the thought in season one, right? The idea that right. she might, you know, Tony might or she might just die of natural causes, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But they kept her around because Nancy Marchand's so great. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have got this whole plot here mm-hmm. of the tickets and Tony getting caught and more pressure being put on Tony because of it, right? You know? Yeah, I mean it, it's 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 not good for the start of season three. If season three starts off in any direction, it's that well a bigger case has been made against Tony Soprano,
1: right? And uh, Tony brings up a really good point here, right? And he says it, you know, I blew an easy one. Like, mm-hmm. this is so basic. You know, if I could have just listened to my mom's BS for like five more minutes and just left, none of this would be happening. You know, he murdered a guy, came close to being caught doing that, going away for the rest of his life. That did not happen. And just some stupid airline tickets that he kept, you know, under the seat in his dumb SUV has led to like all of this legal trouble and all of this media. Mm-hmm. As we will see, you know, when he exits uh the Fed building or right. wherever he is, um yeah. and you just get that swarm of media. And I actually like moments like this. You know, they're few and far between, but it just kind of reminds us oh yeah that's right Tony is a mob boss and like in New Jersey he's kind of famous for being a mob boss Mm -hmm. and you get that sense you see how interested they are in him and you can imagine that scene making the news and like being on the front page of the local paper you know
0: yeah, something that would tip off Melfi to what might be coming next to their session which they do have not a dream Yeah, this next scene is a real Session with uh, Melfi and Tony. Our first genuine Melfi Tony scene mm-hmm. at
1: like in the closing moments of the episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. And really, what we get is Melfi trying to give Tony reasoned explanations for all of this. Yeah, and he's not having any of it. I mean, he's hiding the fact that he had to kill his best friend, as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, with his boohoo, poor me, he's being very much a child here, just guarding Mm -hmm. himself against revealing any of the sadness that she's trying to, you know, shine a light on for him. That all of his anger is because of this hidden sadness that he's not dealing with.
1: Right, yeah. I I think that this is a tremendous scene, and, you know, it's uh, our final Tony Melfi scene of the season, Mm -hmm. right? And if you, you know, of course, think about... Uh, the reality of when this show aired, this is kind of our final Tony Melfi note for like a year's time. You know, season three wouldn't come for like another year, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think that uh, given Tony and Melfi's arc through this season, this scene is the perfect way to conclude it with Tony kind of mocking the whole concept of therapy and really like mocking himself and Melfi sort of coming to her kind of, conclusion of how she feels about Tony saying like, oh, at some point, you know, I became afraid of you, but I'm done with all of that now, and we're just going to get right to the heart of the matter, and I can tell that something is bothering you that you're not telling me, Mm -hmm. which is the fact that, you know, Tony killed Big Pussy yesterday.
0: I haven't pushed you enough to confront these things. Somewhere along the line, I became frightened of you. Frightened. Maybe I should have seen that clearer in the beginning.
1: It's great. You know, Gandolfini again here, you know, his uh, his contempt for Melfi and his contempt for therapy and putting his feet up on the glass table and saying, I had a dream that I fucked your brains out and you loved it. I mean, threw that one at me like a rock. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's being so obnoxious. Yeah. uh, Like over the top obnoxious Mm -hmm. in this scene. Uh, but yeah, it's because of what Melfi has correctly ascertained that there's something bothering him that he's not talking about, you know? Yeah. I think you uh, broke that down pretty good. And then he strolls out singing, you know, what, Buddy Maybe, Holly? Baby,
0: baby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good
0: stuff. Yes, a good, a good button for season two, Melfi and Tony. Absolutely. For sure. And of course, the celebration of Meadows' graduation will take us out, um, season two. Uh, so Christopher is gonna get his button. That's right. Uh, and he thinks it's cause he earned it. He's got no yeah. spleen, Gene. <laughs> Little as you know, there's been a vacancy left in the wake of Pussy's death. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only reason. Otherwise, Christopher would still be waiting. Oh, you think so? Oh, sure. What has Christopher done other than get shot?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I've actually never made that correlation until you said it just now, that there was like a vacancy in the quote-unquote books... And so absolutely like,
0: but you're no, of course you're right. Pussy has, uh, he, he, who's going to take over Pussy's routes and and all of his pickups and his, his deals going on, you know, somebody has got to, yeah, you gotta, you gotta promote somebody and Christopher is logically the next person. I get that, but not because he's really done anything. The webistics thing. I mean, that's over with. Right. Was it the Pokemon cards? (laughs) We'll never know. But I I, I feel like it's more to do not with merit, but with vacancy.
1: No, I agree. I mean, I guess that I always thought of it as just Tony saying like, hey, I guess it's I guess it's Chris's time. But, you know, when you think about the when you think about the Soprano crew as like an organization, you know, as like a true business. Now, think about it like any other business. If an important position is vacant, someone gets fired, someone needs to fill that role. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, enter Chris. No, I think you're completely right. That's a good point. Um, Chris thinks that it's, yeah, I'm such a good soldier. You Mm -hmm. know, I literally took one for the team. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this is what I get in return. But, yeah, if Pussy was still around, you're absolutely right.
0: Chris would probably still be waiting. And We actually get david scatino for one last scene
1: that's right a little capper yeah. on the storyline too you know season finale so they're wrapping up all the little uh, loose ends and this is interesting their interaction you know because it's kind of like you know even though tony did thoroughly ruin and destroy davy's <laughs> life yeah davy seems to have kind of put it behind him and he's able to sort of just have a somewhat friendly conversation with tony and Tony mm-hmm. is able to have
0: a somewhat friendly conversation with Davey. Yes, he does a little self-deprecating after Davey asked him, you ever been on a ranch and ridden a horse? Mm-hmm. Tony looks at his belly Right. says no. You know, Tony
1: did what he needed to do, uh, which resulted in Davey being ruined. But, you know, Tony didn't want to do it. It was just something that had to happen. And you, you think know? that would have taught Davey a lesson. And I think that's what Tony's Vegas comment is yeah. saying. Like he's sort I, of I disappointed. So. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, you didn't learn your lesson." Like, you know, I thought that after all of this bad shit that happened to you, you know, you would have learned maybe don't gamble, but you're still an addict. Uh, that sucks yeah. for you.
0: At least Eric got into a state college. There's nothing right. wrong with that. Eric's yeah. going to be fine. He's he going to be fine. So we move to the Soprano household to finish the celebration. And Angie, of course, is pissed because where's Sal. <laughs> right. And she obviously thinks he's just not shown up again like the jerk off he is. Right. Yeah. That's too bad. Little does
1: she know she will never see him ever again.
0: Yeah. But we do get, uh, what, a very nice montage outro of... mm mm-hmm you know, all the different business ventures that the crew has, you know, uh, had and and has and Mm -hmm. they're currently working on uh, crossfading to happy families, right? um, both the business family and the real family. And then we just get this last shot, Tony smoking his cigar and fade to the ocean.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, Beneath which pussy rest? For eternity Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) this final montage is really cool you know we opened the season with a montage so it's a little bit of a bookend yeah and I think that you know the song choice here mood wise perfect through and through the stones and uh, I guess it's kind of dark in my mind it's really well done but it's dark because mm-hmm. we see tony in his you know mansion with his family he's got his attractive appealing kids his beautiful wife they're taking photos his daughter just graduated and as we're seeing all of this happiness and all of this domestic bliss uh you know we're cutting to the people who got crushed yeah uh like davy Uh, The people who are getting scammed, like the immigrants with the calling cards, you know, money piling up uh, from illegal means, uh, the garbage business along which, you know, Coke has been distributed and body parts, you know, stuffed in the back of trucks, we could assume. Mm -hmm. And so it's just all of the evil business that Tony is engaged in that allows his, you know, beautiful daughter to uh, go to Columbia, you know. And, um, for this family to be smiling, like that's what it's all, you know, about at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, the facade. Well, it's not completely a facade. I mean, it's real. Like their family is real. Their family is happy. Um, and they're, you know, living genuinely good lives, you know, his wife and his kids, and they are very innocent, you know, in all of this, but Tony is not. And this montage says, Hey, Tony gets to enjoy being on top, but here's the cost for other people, not Tony.
0: Right. And on that note. (laughs) Yeah, and then that that takes us out of uh, season two. So we've wrapped up now two seasons of The Sopranos, uh, moving straight into season three for next week. Join us then. Until then, I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And if you're liking the show and you want to find ways of supporting it, the best way is to go onto iTunes and hit subscribe. Tell your friends and family as well. Hit subscribe. Leave a comment, a star review there as well. Find us on Twitter at The Soprano Show. And as we do with every episode, we end with a favorite line. Mine comes from Tony's visit to uh the fed's office where he's being punched in and uh stamped and and tagged and everything and he as he's giving his fingerprint kind of stumbles over to the side and frank says Tony Soprano
1: weak in the knees can't stand the heat i got food poison you think this bothers me you fuckhead <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, get him, Tony. Yeah, just pure bravado. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, I liked that moment a lot, and I think that, gosh, there's so many standout moments for me. Uh, I think that ultimately, I gotta pick. I just like that that moment, you know, when Tony finally just lays it down on the boat with Pussy, mm. and he says in a sad yet extremely angry way. Why are you making me do this, you fat fucking miserable
0: piece of shit?
1: What, Tony, what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it says it all there. Yeah?